I was climbing up the stairs thinking I can't actually get up and it was just like my mum was having to spoon feed me then I'd eventually sort of get up and then take a step and I would just shake an involuntary movement like I had no control over my body or my senses it's like my brain was on fire and no one was listening so it was making me panic even more hello and welcome to the disability download brought to you by pan disability charity leonard cheshire on this podcast we respond to current topics share stories and open up conversations about disability hi everyone thanks for tuning in my name's beth and i'm your guest host for this month's episode Today we're chatting to Shayla, a solo backpacker, adventurer, business owner and drone enthusiast. Shayla's life took an unexpected turn when her body abruptly shut down. After undergoing various medical investigations, she was diagnosed with functional neurological disorder, commonly known as FND. Throughout her healing process, Shayla discovered the power of connection with others who shared similar experiences. In this episode, we delve into Shayla's story of resilience and determination to reclaim her life and the incredible community she has fostered through her online community about me. So let's dive in. Hi, Shayla. Welcome to the Disability Download. Thanks so much for joining us. I thought we'd start by giving the listeners a chance to get to know you. So if you could, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you for having me. Okay, elevator pitch. (laughs) So um, I worked in marketing for about just over a decade. Um, Consider myself as a bit of a creative. I used to travel the world alone. I've reached seven continents and loved hiking, lived a very active lifestyle, drone enthusiast, just fly that around the world and at the peaks as well and a proud rabbit mum. Oh, lovely. What are the rabbits called? <laughs> the, the rabbit's called Bliss. Oh, cute. And um, so if you're comfortable, I thought maybe we could delve into more about your disability. So if you could tell us about um, FND, which is Functional Neurological Disorder, and maybe what your symptoms were leading up to your diagnosis. Yeah, so in 2019, I'd say, I started to feel quite fatigued and I had low moods. I'd just finished working in Palestine for a month and I came back and it was winter and I started to feel quite dizzy a lot and went to my GP and they were like, yeah, it's just because of your ethnicity, you've got low vitamin D, your iron's not great, but apart from that, you're all good and said you're actually quite healthy, nothing wrong with you. I hadn't really been to my GP or medical practice prior to that, apart from when you got the vaccines when you're younger. Um, And I had a few vaccines from the nurse when I traveled to like South America and stuff. So I, I wasn't really aware of even how you call the medical practice. I didn't realise you had to battle at 8.30 in the morning for an appointment, but we'll get <laughs> on to that. And I was told that, yeah, I'm good. And then as we progressed, I was just told that you need CBT. You're not feeling great. You're quite anxious. And that's all you need to do. And I was visiting the gym six times a week. And they were like, yeah, just keep keep at it. Keep that active lifestyle up. Um, it's great for you. We don't want to put you on tablets. And I was like, oh, okay. They're telling me I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And then I got to a point where I was going to sleep like 8 p.m., 9 p.m. And I wasn't able to stay awake any longer. And I just thought, oh, may- maybe it's me. I'm being a bit lazy. And then 
lockdown happened and I started experiencing like panic attacks, I would randomly drop on the floor and I don't know why (laughs) and I would black out. And I thought, right, maybe it's because I'm not adjusting to lockdown. I just need to try harder. So I tried exercising. I was lifting weights. I tried running. I tried all sorts of stuff. And it just wasn't happening. I had a contract that had a global team. So I was constantly awake and trying to like, I remember moving a cell on a spreadsheet was like climbing Everest. I just didn't understand how to do that for some reason. I thought, oh my God, I'm I'm just so incompetent all of a sudden. Like, why is that happened? I had drop attacks, my muscles um started to spasm I had involuntary movements I couldn't move parts of my body I was bed bound my body was just deteriorating went to A&E and they were like you're making it up it's in your head and this was my first time visiting A&E and I was like I thought this was to help you and then we went again because um my parents actually thought I was dying and they were like yeah, no, what do you want us to do? Wave a magic wand around you. It's all it's all in your head. It's anxiety. And just stop making it up. And I was like, I'm I'm really not making this up because as someone who's grown up fairly healthy and active and traveled around the world, like why would I want to be sick all of a sudden? I don't know many people who want to be sick and bedridden because it didn't do much for me apart from destroy my mental health. So I had all these varied symptoms. Sometimes they would change. And then other days I'd be like, oh, I've got my energy back. I'll go for a run. And then I wouldn't be able to walk for four or five days. Like I slept in the living room for about five, six months because I couldn't actually make it up the stairs. And I was just like, what's going on? I've got to fix this. You know, I fought for an MRI scan. I got that. And that was just a horrible experience in itself because I'm claustrophobic. I was just like, I've got to go into this machine. (laughs) And they put headphones on, um, a blindfold on. And it was just for my brain and spine. And it was horrible. The one that I had was about half an hour, but I was there for like an hour because I couldn't get into the machine. I just kept shaking. They were like, come on, come on. (laughs) I've got another appointment. And I just, I couldn't do it. I was like, you want me to go into this machine alone? Like, have you seen the size of it? They were like, yeah, if you don't go in, then, you know, it's another year's wait. And I was like, okay, (laughs) get in there then. So yeah, it was horrible. And they said that you're fine. Um, Your results said that you're fine. You've got something called FND. This was from a neurologist. And he was like, it's all in your head. It's up to you how badly you want to get better. Get back into whatever you were doing before and you'll be fine in a few weeks. So everyone else heard that and they were like, oh, so it's up to you then. So go on, get out there, get back into your running. And I was doing that and just getting up and walking, I would lose like my breath and I'd drop on the floor. So something wasn't right (laughs) still. I was climbing up the stairs thinking I can't actually get up. And it was just like my mum was having to spoon feed me. Then I'd eventually sort of get up and then take a step. And I would just shake an involuntary movement. Like I had no control over my body or my senses. It's like my brain was on fire and no one was listening. So it was making me panic even more because I was suppressing my emotions. And... I was around people who were like, don't tell anyone what's wrong with you. Oh my God, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Oh my God, like there wasn't 
that much support. They were like a very group of symptoms that I had. There wasn't really a pathway like you've got this, this and this. Therefore, it's this. It was just like one day I would have random migraines. You know, I would feel like I couldn't open my eyes. I'd have sensory problems. I would just drop and not be able to get up for 22 hours to then be told that it's psychological and I'm making it up wasn't um, the best experience. And then after a while, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and ME as well. Did you feel like you received any support on any level or is that something that you had to seek out yourself? Um, At the start, no. The stuff that I was told by my GP was like, you're panicking. Why do you keep calling? And quite aggressive. And I was just like, oh, um, maybe I shouldn't ring and ask for help. And another GP was like, well, you've got good skin and good hair, so why are you complaining? And I was like, what's that got to do with me dropping on the floor? Like, it, it didn't make sense. And I was like, I can't believe some of you have got through med school. Because if they can't see it, it's almost like it's not happening. And I would rather have had specialists or so-called specialists say, do you know what, we don't know what's wrong with you, as opposed to you're making it up trying to convince me that I'm making something up, which was very much not made up. I then moved to a a different practice because I joined a Facebook group and I typed in FND and I was like, oh, there's two or three groups. They were really supportive because you could just put in a question there and someone in the group would get back to you. So for example, a tense machine, is that good for your back? Has anyone tried an elimination diet? There would always be someone there to sort of answer the question because they've probably tried it. And they're the ones who are sort of fighting to get better as opposed to GPs who are just like, don't know what it is. So I got support from them. And, you know, at a point where my mental health was really bad, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And there was always someone there going, do you want to talk? And there'd be groups and video calls that you could have. So I felt like I wasn't alone when I started joining those groups and those conversations. And then someone said, well, change your medical practice. And I was like, oh, you can do that. They were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. change medical practice, get a second opinion. So I did that. And the new medical practice were like, we don't know what's wrong with you, but pain is pain. And I cried my eyes out. And I was like, with my laptop thinking, I'm going to have to prove to you how sick I was so I'm gonna have to go through like a google doc that I had of all the symptoms because I'd often forget what was happening I'd recorded some of my symptoms so I was like I'm gonna have to show this and the chief GP was like well if something's wrong it's wrong pain is pain I'll refer you to all these specialists like you believe me you oh my god this is like this is amazing and he and he was like I'm just doing my job I was like no you don't understand (laughs) you don't know what that means to me so to be believed um that was like amazing even though we shouldn't have to congratulate people for doing their jobs like that I was then referred to neurophysio physio neuropsychotherapy and that's and the chronic fatigue clinic and that's where I got the actual support but I had to wait three years for that see that's a long time isn't it especially when you know you're in pain and you're also kind of dropping to the floor which could I imagine be really dangerous you know if you was in kind of the wrong place So just for our listeners, could you maybe describe a bit more about functional neurological disorder and kind of what it is, what it entails? Yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions around it. And to be honest, I never heard of it until I was diagnosed with it. And they were like, you've got FND. And I was like, what's that? And they were like, go go onto this website. And I was like, okay, it's down to me. Um, So it stands for functional neurological disorder. And they say, well, specialists say it's 
your brain and nervous system that are disconnected and your brain is sending the wrong signals to your body and your nervous system. Hence why you get symptoms that mimic those of a brain tumour, MS, Parkinson's disease. There could be just random symptoms. That's why there probably isn't a clear pathway and mine would mimic those of a brain tumour. So every time I googled my symptoms, it was, you're going to die. And I was like, okay. That's that's that then. I'd go into these like non-epileptic seizures, involuntary movements. I there was days where I just couldn't sit down because my body would just get back up and I just thought, what is going on here? Um I wouldn't be able to move my body for like two or three days. I had to have help with eating food, um, I had to have a lot of liquid and my hair stopped growing. My skin turned really bad. I was just weak. Um, I had problems with my speech, tremors, migraines every day, sensory problems, and a lot of fatigue. Going back to the things we were talking about before, you know, with the doctors and obviously your journey towards diagnosis, do you feel like you've got more of a community now of people that are kind of going through the same thing? And if so, what's that like? Yeah, I think there's good and bad in everything. So like with social media, anyone and everyone can raise their voice. The Facebook communities and groups or Twitter, there there were a lot of people who were sharing their symptoms and their experiences. And it's quite common for people not to get a diagnosis straight away. I think I've only spoken to two people who got their diagnosis pretty much within two weeks. Everyone else has had to sort of go on a journey and a bit of a battle for about a couple of years. And people like Avril Lavigne, Lady Gaga, I think Justin Bieber, um, Selma Blair, they've all got like chronic illnesses. And they talk about people leaving them, not having much support, not being able to get a diagnosis. And I think their celebrities in America, quite well known, got all the money in the world. And if they're not getting the support, what hope has anyone else got? And that made me a bit more passionate about speaking out eventually when I like accepted the illness and the symptoms and finding that community. However, sometimes when you speak about recovery, not everybody wants to hear it because they're not ready for it. I guess there's sympathy because I was there at one point. I wasn't accepting illnesses. So if someone was to tell me that, do Tai Chi and you'll recover or, you know, I'm better now. I wasn't ready to accept that because I was bed bound and I was like, how could you possibly recover from this when I can't move? There is that sort of, you've got to pick and choose where you share your energy. And at the start, there were lots of groups I was part of and engaging with because that's all I had. But I have got a smaller group um, that I started with just four of us in it. And we're all from the same city. So we can talk about which neurologist we're seeing, what our experiences are like. But then we kind of leave each other to it. And we're on similar experiences where everyone sort of does still work or work part time. There isn't a kind of, well, I'm working, you're not or you're able to do this, I'm not. That makes me feel less alone. And if you are having a bad day or something, you could just put it in the group and someone will be there. Whereas if you do that with a larger group, there is a chance that although you'll get a lot of support, you might just get one or two or like, hang on a minute, I wish I was better or sharing their opinions. And that's not always helpful, I found. So you mentioned recovery. What's recovery looking like for you right now? Yeah, um, so it's varied. I got to a point where... I'd recovered about 70% and that lasted maybe a month and I got a bit too excited and then I was back to being bed bound for five or six days. I would say recovery has been a mental and physical challenge 
So the fact that I wasn't accepting it at the start, I was on the phone to the crisis helpline for four months, just saying I can't do this anymore, to not being able to move. Whereas once I started to accept it, I would say that's when my recovery journey began in January or February 2021, where I was like, right, I'm sick. And actually saying it to someone else and saying, this is what's happening. That was, I think, the turning point for me because I was accepting it rather than suppressing it. And then I started raising awareness myself, sort of investigating the best things to help me with chronic pain, what's going to help me get up, the supplements and stuff like that. And that's where I started the new business um, about me because I thought the skill set that I have and the experience I have, I can use it to raise awareness. And even when I am bed bound or I am fatigued, I can still open up my laptop from being in bed and sort of write my book, edit the podcast, upload a video to TikTok, anything that isn't like high energy levels. And I think using my voice to kind of share my experience and other people's as well, because you can learn a lot from the um, chronic illness community of just using a weighted blanket. Like I would never have known what one of those was until people in the group were like, has anyone got a weighted blanket? Oh, it helps me with this. It helps me with that. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) No one else is going to sort of like talk to you about that. So I feel like it's helped me recover by speaking to other people and their experiences. But also sometimes I do want to forget about the illness which is quite hard because pretty much nearly everything I do is sort of attached to it. Even the books that I read, a lot of it is self-development, brain development, you know, how illnesses have like changed over time, how women are diagnosed, uh, women of colour. So there's there's a lot of like research I do, but then there's times where I just want to get up and get a sunset with my drone and I have to think locally as opposed to going to the Peak District for three hours and like hiking. So I've had to, the recovery is sort of alternative living. And I have to say, I'm still learning because even though like the weather's nice at the moment, I just think, oh my God, I could be doing this. You know, I'm missing out. I'm not making the most of it. But if I overdo it, I then relapse and flare up and then I pay for it. So yeah, I'm still learning. So you used to do a lot of like solo travel. Is that kind of off the cards for now? Are you hopefully going to be looking at that in the future or just taking it kind of day by day? So it was something I missed and sort of like feel like I've had to mourn that part of my life a lot. I did travel a lot in my 20s, like a lot. I'd spent months away working remotely. And then my last trip was to Palestine in 2019. And then obviously we had the pandemic and the lockdown and we weren't allowed to go anywhere um, but last year I went to Switzerland for five days as a milestone sort of trip I just thought where can I go that's not too far away and I really want to go and I picked Switzerland and I took my drone I took my cameras and I just thought I'm just going to pick one thing that I want to do I'm not going to do the old shaler of I need to do everything and I have to sleep when I come back that kind of thing and I learned a lot about how my body adapts and I was wiped out for three weeks after but I learned to travel in a sort of slower way rather than everything has to be fast-paced I had to consider how far away from the airport I was staying where I'm gonna eat and the trip that I went on to like the day trip to look at the glaciers and mountains that was like the main activity that I would be doing and I had to schedule it in like midweek so as soon as I got off the plane I could recover and then I had a few days before I got on the plane again to come home to recover and there was a lot of sitting in coffee shops and just taking it all in 
So that was the trip that I think helped me sort of think, okay, I'm not going to do as much, but I know I can still do it. I just pay for it for like a month after. <laughs> so yeah, um, I've done that, but I don't don't miss out. I don't miss the travel aspects as much because I did so much when I was healthy, um, which I'm very grateful for. Whereas now it's more like, where can I go that's local and enjoyable, but kind of still gives me that buzz. So could you tell me about kind of all the positive things you're doing right now? If you could explain a little bit more about your website, what that entails, and then your podcast, A Spoonful of Recovery. Yeah, so the website um, aboutme.group, I created to share the sort of tools and products that have helped me so like the foam rolling tense machine heat patches migraine patches and to help manage the chronic pain it's not going to cure the illnesses maybe it will I don't know but I did also do some research around other people who have similar symptoms what are they using how often how much would they spend and then I use that research to sort of create the products and they're usually the ones that I've used myself as well. And then I've got a clothing line um, because I travelled a lot. I've used those photographs to create the um, clothing line. And there's also like sarcastic comments that um, have been said to me like, um, have you tried staying positive? And I put, I tried staying positive, still chronically ill. And um, tried turmeric lattes, still chronically ill. So, you know, that's just a reflection of my personality. And a lot of people in the chronic illness community will be able to relate to those kind of things. Like, yeah, the positives are really getting rid of the back pain. Totally. So there's that. And then I've got the podcast, A Spoonful of Recovery. Now, I started that when I was bed bound, just speaking into my phone saying, hi, my name's Shayla and I've got FND and fibro and ME and it's been a year and I'm accepting it. And then just other episodes of like, oh, I'd love to be able to travel again. I'd love to be able to do certain things. And then after six episodes, I sort of left it and then focused on the website and I sort of forgot. And then I was like, six episodes later, I should bring someone on. So I brought other guests on to share their journey, specialists. I just thought about the things that I needed to hear when I first became sick. Also, like alternative living. How are other people coping? What have they done? How easy is it to find a relationship when you are sick? Do you tell them straight away? Do you tell them after? You know, do people travel? What's everyone doing to sort of survive this and get through it? And they are sort of, I've spoken to people who are housebound and they might be studying or they might just say that they accept that and that's how they get through the rest of their journey and I think that's important to highlight those voices because I had a lot of unsolicited advice of you need to get better therefore it was like oh your holiday's over or just be happy be positive and it's like that's so toxic and negative towards the recovery journey so yeah the podcast is there just to highlight those stories I've got up to 55 episodes and the you know the more that I speak to people the more it's like oh I can find someone to talk about this or we can try and learn more about x y and z so it sort of helped me as well thinking actually I'm not alone and some people have just said simple things like how should someone be there for you as a carer or a friend um, what can they do? Um, so that's helped. Um, also writing a book I'm editing at the moment, um, which is yeah a bit of a challenge. But I've you can tell I'm creative because everything's like turned into like different components of the illness. And I'm also developing an app to help with the managing the symptoms and 
trigger points as well. Um, just getting on to that, if you had a message for other people diagnosed with FND, what would it be? I would say it's your journey and you take it one day at a time, even one hour at a time. And it's a lot about acceptance as well. So I was in denial for like nearly a year of I don't want this illness. I People like me don't get sick. I can't be sick. But as soon as I started to sort of say it out loud and think, okay, what are my triggers? How can I manage who I'm around? You know, what people are saying. It was very isolating. But, you know, just know that you're not on your own. If it's a movie marathon you need to do that day to get through, then that is what you need to do to get through. There's no shame in it. And there's people who might be able to get up and recover quicker. But that doesn't mean that you're failing because some people, you know, might only be able to do a certain amount of activity, whether that's getting up and showering, whether that's getting up and making yourself food. Just know that it's it's what works for you, not everyone else, because I still fall into the comparison battle and think, oh, well, this person's doing this and I can only run seven minutes. So I used to be able to do five to nine K. Um but that's like me accepting that I can do X, Y and Z and there's an alternative way of living and it doesn't have to be a bad one. Amazing. And um, so just to wrap up, where can people find you? Kind of what are your social media places where people can go? Um, so um, the best thing would be to go on aboutme.group. You'll be able to find the social media on there, my TikTok, um, the Instagram and the podcast as well. And then, yeah, my well, Twitter is just my name. Um, so if you just type in Shayla, S-H-E-H-L-A, you'll find me on there just rumbling along. <laughs> it's not always that useful, but, you know, I do get involved in certain medical conversations, but um, that's pretty much it. Amazing. Well, we'll drop all the links anyway so people can get onto it. But, yeah, just wanted to say thank you so much. And, yeah, it's just been really great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. And that's a wrap on today's episode. I'd like to say a big thank you to our guest Shayla for joining us and sharing her journey with FND. We're really grateful for the insights that she provided and the awareness that she's raising for FND. We'd love to know what you think. Get in touch by emailing us at disabilitydownload at leonardcheshire.org or contacting us on Twitter or Instagram at leonardcheshire. And if there's a guest you really want to hear, reach out to us and let us know. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Beth and this has been the Disability Download.